A little baby black, get that garbage out of here. What it do, baby? Yeah, yo, what do you know? There's a new NBA champion, and it's a team from Toronto, Canada. OG with a look, got it! OG and Anobi at the buzzer! Oh, because my shot, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot colors. Looks like you lost another Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the What It Do Toronto Raptors podcast. I'm your host, Drew Horton, joined by the Del Curry of NBA podcasts, Ross Horton. How are you doing? Excellent. Happy to be back on the What It Do. What It Do, baby. So we've talked about this at length and I'm sure the whole province of Ontario, or at least the city of Toronto, has been talking about it. The Leafs, for the fifth year in a row, have a monumental collapse in the playoffs. Uh, I now recently learned that the Eminem song, Till I Collapse, was actually about the playoff Leafs. I didn't know that previously. There were 500 healthcare workers that attended the Leafs game in person, which was a very good thing because they were all on standby for when the Leafs started choking. So they all got very quick medical attention. It's very nice to see. Uh, and this is a warning for a recall of all Toronto Leaf uh, COVID-19 masks. Uh, they're recalled as they provide no defense and are a choking hazard. So uh, be safe everybody and trade in your Leaf masks for literally anything else. <laughs> Yeah, poor old Leafs fans. Well, you know, you know what Leafs fans do when they win the Stanley Cup? They turn off the console and go to bed. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would just about do it. Uh, last time they, last time they won a playoff series, I think I was seven, and the last time they won the cup, I was about thirty years away from being born. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a very long time. This round against the uh, the Canadians is just unbelievable. I mean, there's been a lot of disappointment, but I think this may be as bad as any I've seen. To be so heavily favored and to be up um, so substantially in the series and then to just disappear and get progressively worse as the series got deeper instead of better. It just uh, It's just appalling, even for the Leafs. It's just, it's, uh, it, uh, I want to say shocking, but it's really not shocking. It's just unbelievable that it, uh, that it just seems to happen year after year. Now they have to figure out what they're going to do next year. Like, I don't know how they run it back with, you know, kind of uh, changing the bit players. Uh, the, uh, the, the guys who, uh, who fill out the latter part of the defense and uh, the third and fourth lines, uh, you know, the poor guys, they're, I don't know. I don't know how you make changes to that to to actually try to make some kind of an improvement. It's uh, it's going to be another interesting uh, off season, but um, it's it's going to be it's going to be difficult, uh, I think, for for them to to make any substantial improvements. Yeah, they've they've tried seemingly 
everything that I could think of short of trading Matthews, which they're not going to do. He's your best player. But they've they've changed all their uh, role players, their big guys, like you said. Uh, they've changed goalies for this round of the playoffs. Didn't help. Uh, they changed coaching and they added veteran some veteran guys as well and then they even gave away a pick or was it two picks for a guy at the deadline who was going to help him in the playoffs only to get thrown out again in the first round in game seven in humiliating fashion yeah i think it was a first and two fourths it might have been three picks that oh they gave gosh. up it's, uh, it's yeah it's it's discouraging that's for sure yeah i will be I will be hearing about that uh, for a while uh, from a certain uh, Vancouver-located friend. I heard a little uh, um, speculation uh, recently about uh, a potential uh, Marner for Eichel deal, but I'm just not sure that one's gonna gonna happen. I don't think the Sabres would do it. Although he does seem to want to uh, to get out of uh, Buffalo. For the Leafs, is they really don't need another center. Um, you know, they don't need another guy making that kind of money playing the center uh, is, is the challenge for, for them. I mean, three guys that, uh, that, are, uh, that are making eight figures uh, playing center probably doesn't make any more sense than what they're doing at the moment. No, and that's what happens when you tie up your top end with high contracts. The depth falls off. See what happened to the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round? all their money tied up in two players and then one of those guys goes down and they've got nothing left yeah yeah well it was interesting uh, to see that the uh of the, the top 14 um uh, players in the nhl in terms of salary uh, um, cap hit um 13 of them didn't survive the first round the only one who did was carry price but it's uh, it's a bit of a commentary on uh, on how you build a, a winning team in the in the NHL, and uh, you know the least of three of those guys. Yeah, that does not help because it is it is different in the NHL uh, where you need more depth, whereas in basketball uh, you have five guys on the floor at a time. So if you go top heavy with superstars, that's a completely valid strategy to win. I mean, look at the Brooklyn Nets; uh, they're they're stacked. They've only got two of their superstars playing right now, and they still look like they can't be beaten. Yeah, uh, and in the NBA, it gets stupid expensive, or it can get stupid expensive, but it's uh, you know it's a luxury tax uh, regime, so you actually can spend the money if you want to. You know, the the really rich clubs will do it on occasion uh, to to manage it, but uh, in the NHL, it's just not an option. No, it's not, which makes it harder for the Leafs going forward, that's for sure. So let's move in now to the NBA playoffs round two. We'll start with the Brooklyn Nets, who lead the Milwaukee Bucks 2-0 in convincing fashion. Uh, Brooklyn won a close game one, but blew out the Bucks in game two. And they won by 39 points. They were up by 50 at one point. It was just beat down uh do the do the bucks have any chance to come back in this series i think their only chance is if going back to milwaukee gives them a mental reset uh, they uh, they just got so badly beaten every facet of the game like just embarrassed uh how do you lose by 40 points 
uh, in a playoff game when you're when you're as good as the Bucks are. Uh, it's uh, it's just inexplicable. And this is with uh, one of the top five players in the NBA not suiting up for the Nets. Uh, it's uh, it's just uh, I, I can't explain uh, what happened there. I guess it's just one of those things and one of the reasons why we love sports is occasionally stuff like this just happens. Not that I have anything. Uh, Against the uh, the Bucks, it's just remarkable that uh, that they got uh, so thoroughly drubbed in that uh, in that second game. I think they'll probably win one of two in uh, uh, in Milwaukee, but I doubt they'll take the series to six. I think they probably will be done in five. I, I agree with you that uh, it, it's shocking. It's baffling. I think you have Giannis, Middleton, and Drew Holiday as your top three, and you still get blown out that badly uh, unbelievable uh, i disagree with you though i think the nets are going to sweep the bucks i think after game two that really just showed that the nets are the superior team and i think they really sent a message and put the league on notice we are the team to beat and we are going to the finals yeah maybe the best thing that could happen for uh, the nets is uh, to get hardened a couple of extra games rest yeah, he might not even need to play in this whole series, which would really just solidify in my mind how good they really are. Kevin Durant is just absurd right now, averaging something like 30 points a game on 55% from the field. The man is just a legend. Yeah, he really is. Uh, he really is unbelievable. What a talent. And uh, to, have, uh, to have him and Kyrie and Harden all playing together, and if Harden can get uh, can get healthy, uh, boy, it's hard to imagine anybody standing in their way. Yeah, I'm I, I'm with you there. Uh, when they're at full strength, and if they play like the way they've been playing, and just drop Harden into the mix, I really don't see anyone beating them. Because uh, not only do you have that big three, but Joe Harris is playing like prime Clay Thompson. It's incredible. He's shooting over 50% from three in the playoffs so far, and he's getting, you know, 16 points a game. That's going to go down when Harden comes back, but he's a legitimate third option right now. He's not just a role player. Yeah, no, they're, uh, they're the team to beat, uh, I think, at the moment. So the Nets are the team to beat in the east maybe even in the entire nba but let's go over to the other series the atlanta hawks and the philadelphia 76ers who are tied up at 1-1 the hawks took a very close game one and the 76ers came back and routed the hawks by a 16 point margin off of 40 points and 13 rebounds from joel Embiid. do you think the hawks have a chance in this series or do you think philadelphia is just going to clean up their act i think that uh, that uh, it's going to be a long series, but I do think that Philadelphia is going to win in uh, in the end. They they knew that they had to come out in the second game, and uh, they came out with uh, uh, with a with a huge effort, uh, you know, a lot of fire in that first quarter. And then they let the Hawks back into the game. The thing that uh, that makes me think that they'll uh, uh, that they'll win this series in the end is that the Hawks came back. And then Philadelphia found a way to shut them down again and to and to separate at the at the end of the game. They kind of took it over at the end of the fourth quarter. And I, don't, I think the Hawks are just not quite there yet. They just need a little bit more 
experience. Uh, hopefully, they won't, have, from their perspective, they won't have to lose uh, <laughs> as much as Philadelphia did to uh, uh, to get there. But I think I think Philadelphia probably wins that. Although it could well go seven. I I think this is going to be a very exciting series. I think the firepower from Embiid and Harris versus Trey Young, and then the balanced attack behind him. I think that's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, but I do I do agree with you. I think the Sixers have this. I think they're going to win it in six. I think that Atlanta is going to take one of their two home games. But what really puts them at a disadvantage in my mind is their fourth quarter execution. Like you said, in game two, they were completely shut down when they were trying to make a comeback. But in game one, they had a really sizable lead in the fourth quarter and it seems like they did everything they could to throw it away i don't think they're they're just not quite ready to win yet i'm i'm just really impressed at how well they played down the stretch how easily they handled uh, uh the knicks but i think i think some of their key guys um uh bogdanovich and uh, herder in particular uh i love the way those guys play i'm really impressed Posed, um, but I, I wonder if when when it really gets down to it, if they'll be able to uh, to, to manage that pressure, just having never done it before. Yeah, I mean, for many of those guys, it's their first ever playoff run, so it's it's nerve wracking. Uh, you know, you're in the NBA and you're part of the last eight teams left. Even the professionals get nerves and i think we saw a lot of that in game one but uh we'll, ha we'll have to see the hawks do have two games at home they did their job by splitting on the road i just think that if joel Embiid is playing in this series he's unstoppable he had 39 in game one 40 in game two clint capella just can't guard him and there's nobody else that matches up yeah i would agree yeah if if he uh, succumbs to the knee injury or something else happens, God forbid, uh, then uh, everything changes. Uh, but with him, even even I should say, even how with how well he's playing, even injured, uh, he's uh, uh, he's just too much for them. And uh, I think there's enough around him now that uh, even with uh, without Simmons being able to make a jump shot uh, or a free throw uh, at the moment. Um, Philadelphia is just, just they're just too they're just too much. Uh, the Hawks don't have enough experience and not quite enough depth yet. I don't think to uh, to stay with them in a seven game series. I'm with you there. Uh, I think it really comes down to experience for the Hawks, uh, but also the Sixers are fairly stacked at the top end. I mean, like we said, Embiid is a monster. Uh, Simmons is very good, uh, even though can't shoot at all but he's a you know a defensive player of the year candidate and uh, tobias harris is playing like he's the best player on the team i mean he, that he would be if joel Embiid wasn't so good but he's playing like a number one guy and he'll need to do that uh, going forward because uh, the hawks team they've got enough there that if you don't put them away and you aren't on your game they'll make you pay yeah and Seth is bombing. Yeah, the new Curry. <laughs> I don't think he'll quite take his brother's spot 
as best Curry in the household just yet. But he's he's playing very well. Yeah, he keeps that going. He'll he'll be getting paid very soon. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy for him. He seems like a really good guy, just like his brother. And boy, he's been uh, he's been playing really really well. Uh, all in all, I just don't think that uh, that neither has enough to 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 get past them and to and be whoever gets uh, thumped by Brooklyn in the Eastern Final. Yeah, unless Embiid doesn't play multiple games in the rest of the series I, I i agree i don't think the hawks have enough but that is a big question mark Embiid's health is decent on the best of days and now he's injured there is a reason that he's called web Embiid. he's either sick or hurt a lot of the time i'm impressed actually with how well he's played uh, and how mobile he looks and how good he looks given how badly he's injured at the moment. Yeah, even with, with a knee injury, this looks, it looks like he's the healthiest he's ever been in the playoffs. Well, he's an MVP candidate if all goes well for him. So, I mean, you, you sort of expect that from him. You need guys like that to step up the way he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, next year, it'll be, uh, uh, it'll be his turn. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with, with Brooklyn. Uh, before I uh, before I crown anyone else a true contender at this point, I thought the Bucks might be able to do it, but it looks like they're going to get swept. I mean, who knows? But that's that's my pick coming out of the East is the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you there. All right, so let's turn our attention to the Western Conference. Uh, the Phoenix Suns lead the Denver Nuggets one to nothing they won by a score of 122 to 105 and the thing that impressed me in this game booker didn't have a sensational game he played well but he didn't play like prime or premium devin booker they did it with a balanced attack they had four guys with 20 or more points and the other starter had 14. it's a good sign for them that they're getting contributions up and down the lineup because they'll need it yeah, yeah, I think they will uh, be able as well. I have to say, I've really enjoyed watching the Western Conference playoffs so far this year. It's been, uh, you know, sort of intriguing. A lot of really good matchups and you know, you know uh, teams that fell down the standings that uh, nobody expected. And so, you know, matchups are that that are that are normally, you know, pushovers in the in the first round were not this year, and uh, you know the low seed favorites that sort of thing so it's been uh, it's it's been really entertaining and i'm i'm impressed with the uh, uh with the with the suns um they're uh, uh, they're balanced chris paul is obviously leading the way and uh Aiden is just uh, man i'm so impressed with that with that guy with that guy he's just a he's just a kid but he's uh, but he's he's composed he's playing both ends of the floor and uh, he looks like uh the moment is not going to be too big for him. Uh, hats off to him. He's he's looking he's looking really good. He's one of the big reasons that I think that uh, the Suns will uh, uh, will come out of this uh, series. That and of course that uh, the, the Nuggets are without Jamal Murray. It's too bad that uh, that Murray's not playing because it would have been such an amazing series uh, with all hands on deck. But uh, no. MVP or not, Jokic is uh, is probably not going to be able to do it completely uh, uh, on his own. Now, there's 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 more there than uh, 
just Jokic and, uh, and and Murray, but you can't lose a guy like Murray, uh, I don't think, and, and and expect to to get to the finals when there are so many good teams in uh, in the West. No, I'm I'm with you there. I think that they'll be happy if they win two games in this series. Uh, behind Jokic, they're you know they've got guys that can score. I mean, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. And uh, then who's really impressed me um, has been has been Monte Morris in uh, in the first series didn't didn't show out quite well in game one. He went one for ten from the field. but uh, in in their series against Portland, he was he was really good. So they'll need they'll need everybody to chip in that's how that's how they're gonna have to to do it but i i don't know if it's gonna be enough game one the suns also got a balanced attack and their starting lineup was unbelievable mikhail bridges 23 5 and 5 devin booker 21 4 and 8 chris paul 21 6 and 11 DeAndre Ayton, 20 and 10, and then Jay Crowder as the fifth option on the floor, the role player, 14, 5, and 1. Now that's a multiple prong attack if I've ever seen one. Yeah, if you can get that kind of production and that kind of uh, consistency of uh, spreading the ball around, they'll be uh, they'll be a handful. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that they'll uh, that they'll win this series probably in six. Yeah, uh, it it could also go even worse than that for them. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how you get much more production than the Nuggets got in Game One, because uh, unless you want Jokic taking forty shots. I just don't think it's going to happen. It it could even be a five-game series or even a sweep if the Suns are truly locked in. Yeah, there's the, there's a potential for that. I was impressed with how well the Nuggets played uh, uh, in uh, in the first round. So uh, I, I think I think they'll win a game, uh, probably a couple of games uh, uh, before they uh, uh, before they, uh, they they bow out. But. I really don't give them any chance or very little chance of, uh, of actually winning the series. If you look at win condition for the Nuggets, everything has to go right. And then on top of that, things have to go wrong for the Suns. And you'll never win a series if you need to play your best and have the other team play poorly. Uh, over a seven-game series, it's just not going to happen, especially not when you look as good as the Suns have looked. Uh, yeah, you've got them. You've got them in six, and I've got them in in five. <laughs> Fairly agreeable on the takes so far, like father, like son, I suppose. So let's go on to the last series: the Utah Jazz and the LA Clippers. The Jazz won Game One by three points, and it came down to the last shot of the game where Rudy Gobert blocked the game-tying three-point attempt from Marcus Morris. Morris had a pump fake. He got Rudy Gobert to jump, but Gobert somehow got back 
into the flight path of the ball and blocked it after the fake. He just jumped twice in a row, and I didn't think a guy that big could move that fast. It was really impressive. Yeah, you don't see seven-footers making plays on the perimeter like that very often, especially a, a play as big as that at such a big time as, uh, as that one. And uh, well, that's why he's Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, he's, uh, he really is an amazing, an amazing talent. And the Clippers got off such a good start in the game. Well, maybe it was uh, that the Jazz played so badly at the uh, at the start of the game, but they got such a good start. And then uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell just, uh, I guess he wasn't feeling well even in the first part of the game. I understand he was dealing with some dizziness and some nausea. Uh, that didn't stop him from pouring in 32 in the second half and you know, getting 45 in total. Uh, that... Uh, this is going to be this is going to be an interesting series uh, uh, for me. I didn't think the uh, uh, the 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 Clippers were going to uh, make it past uh, uh, the Mavs after the first couple of games. Although going into the series, I thought they would beat them. Um, it's uh, I'm not ready to, to count the Clippers out yet. Um, they uh, um, if they can get playoff Kawhi and they can get uh, non-playoff. Paul George, <laughs> then uh, I think I think they could still potentially win this uh, uh, this uh, this series. Um, so that, this one's going to be interesting. I'm not quite sure what to uh, uh, to to predict on uh, uh, on this one, but uh, despite a uh, you know blowing a massive lead, they almost took one of the two games in uh, uh, in Utah, and uh, you know they've got, they've got a chance to, uh, to to do it again. Overall. I think it's going to be a great series. It'll probably go. It'll probably go deep. But just to be contrary, I think I'm going to call the Clippers in a long series in uh, uh, in, in this one. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you in terms of the quality of the series. It's going to be a treat to watch. Uh, both teams are very good, both offensively and defensively. Both sides of the ball are going to be interesting, and I'm actually going to take the other side than you are. Gasp. I'm taking the Utah Jazz probably in seven. Uh, I don't see the Clippers going away. Uh, even if the Jazz get out to sort of a 3-2 lead or a 3-1 lead or any kind of any kind of lead, I don't think that Kawhi lets the Clippers fade away. I think he's got enough in him to completely carry the team at least twice in this series. Still at 23 points on 47% shooting, but they'll probably, as funny as it is, they'll probably need him to shoot 55% or more in this series to to win, which he did last series. Shot 62 last series, which is fantastic. It's uh, it's really going to come down to everybody else because you know what you're going to get with Kawhi, but playoff P in game one, 4 of 17, Marcus Morris 4 of 14, and they still they still almost won. So it's really a testament yep. to just how good the Clippers are. And I think you can give a lot of credit, one, to Kawhi Leonard, but two, Luke Kennard. He showed up. Seven of nine from the field, four of six from three, 18 points in 29 minutes. Yeah, and they're getting him some minutes finally. You know, he's a lights-out three-point shooter, kind of the Joe Harris of the West. Not quite as good, but very, very similar skill set. And they'll need him this 
series because uh, unlike the Mavs, uh, the Jazz are a defensive powerhouse. And so they'll need to get those second and third looks going in the offense, which means guys like Kennard, Batum, Jackson, Morris will have to take more shots this series and they'll need to make them at a pretty good clip if they want to keep up with this Jazz team. Yep. Um, it's going to be a fun series. Yeah, I'm I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully there are no more fan incidents that uh, are going to happen in the rest of the playoffs. The first round was kind of was kind of crazy for that. You had the Boston water bottle incident. Yeah, so disappointing. Because you had you had four incidents and you, they range from popcorn to just disgusting, despicable racism. I mean, you you just had Utah Jazz fans. I, I can't can't repeat. I won't repeat any of the things that they some of them have said and it's it's a bad look for the fan base um just and, and i know it's 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 not all jazz fans the you know the silent majority is usually pretty respectful and things like that in these in these leagues but you know the loudest voices are the ones that get heard and it's uh it really was brutal to see uh in the first rounds after the game game one harassment that they had uh, ja Morant's mom didn't go to another game in Utah. She didn't feel safe. She was she was anxious, and it, it really is a shame. I will give credit to the Jazz owner, who immediately condemned it, banned those fans for life, and treated um, the Morant family to all expenses paid, uh, pretty much whatever they needed while they were in. Utah, which is a great thing to see. Uh, I like their new owner. Uh, it seems like he's trying to take things in the right direction, but just brutal that people really are that twisted. Yeah, I think by now that we'd be past it, but uh, we're not, unfortunately. And uh, it just uh, it just keeps showing up, and it's uh, it's it's ugly and it's unnecessary. And, uh, I'll be looking forward to the time when we don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you there. Um, eventually, I hope we can all move past it. Uh, and there's some other fan incidents as well. Uh, Boston man threw a water bottle at Kyrie Irving, almost hit him. He was arrested. A fan in Philadelphia uh, poured popcorn on Russell Westbrook. And then a Knicks fan spat on Trey Young. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's just I'm glad that people are stepping up with lifetime fans and <clears throat> and uh, hopefully the uh, people that consider this kind of thing in the in the past will 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 just reconsider. It's 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 so uh, it's it's so unnecessary and. Uh, uh, disheartening and distracting from um, what is an amazing playoff series. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. The uh, in the first round, the fans got crazy. Uh, don't know, uh, don't know exactly exactly why. I don't want to speculate because uh, I don't want to give anybody an excuse or a pass on it uh, because that kind of stuff just 
it, it shouldn't happen. And uh, everyone involved seems to be uh, seems to be punished accordingly. So I'm hoping that the rest of the playoffs there aren't any any more incidents like that. I hope that the backlash that uh, people have shown, as well as the official punishments from the stadiums uh, and the organizations, that uh, hopefully shows that uh, we stand behind we stand behind the players, and no one else will feel bold enough to do something so stupid. Yeah. Yeah, enough, uh, enough nonsense. Ex exactly. Just be better, be kinder. I don't know. I don't know uh, what else to, what else really to say. Yeah. On a uh, on a lighter note, uh, the Jays' Marcus Semyon was named MLB Player of the Month. He had an absolutely ridiculous May. I think he hit uh, eight home runs, twenty-two RBIs, and he was batting three fifty. Was that right? He, uh, yeah, he got off to um, a bit of a slow start right out of the gate, but boy, did he make up for it in uh, uh, in May. Uh, between um, uh, between him and Vladdy, it's become uh, must-watch TV when the top of the lineup comes up. Uh, they're uh, uh, boy, they're uh, uh, offensively um, their first five guys, six guys, seven guys. When hopefully when Springer. Uh, uh, gets back, or, uh, uh, or they're they're just going to be unbelievable. It's it really is an incredible lineup. Uh, you've got Vladdy, who's hitting 335, 18 home runs. Uh, looks like an MVP candidate if uh, Trout wasn't superhuman. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez hitting just under 300 as well. Uh, Semyon hitting 292 power. Randall Grichuk 277, but he's got 12 home runs. Bichette a little down at 267, 11 home runs. And uh, then you've got people like uh, Guriel, Kirk got a few, a few homers and then some timely hits from the other guys down in the lineup. Jansen had a few, a few good games and that lineup looks really good. And this is without Springer. Once he comes back, we'll have one of the best top six lineups uh, in baseball, really. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Vladdy has just been, he's just been phenomenal. And at the moment, he's leading the AL average home runs, on-base percentage, slugging, and OPS. Uh, and he's second in RBIs, one off the the, uh, the lead. Like it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. And you just, you just see him, uh, he's laying off the pitches that he, uh, that he was swinging at the past couple of years, and he's just, he's so locked in, uh, in almost every field. If, uh, uh, if, uh, if it's not in his wheelhouse, he'll take it the other way. Or he'll uh, he'll just uh, he'll just take pitches that are uh, that are out of the strike zone, lay down the bat, get on base for uh, um, for Teoscar and uh, Grichik. Boy, it's uh, uh, what a start to the season, and this is what we've been hoping for 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 like three or four years now, waiting for him to uh, to fully arrive. Yeah, he went from uh, from underrated to overrated to possibly a triple crown winner <laughs> this this season uh he went above and beyond what uh, jay's fans uh, could have uh, could have hoped for this year 
uh, you know, you, you really hoped and you, you kind of felt that he was going to be a star, but this type of production, and not just that, but good at bat after good at bat, his approach to the plate, very mature. I think like you said, having Teoscar and Grichik behind him helps with his confidence. He doesn't, maybe doesn't feel like he needs to make everything happen himself because he's got other guys in the lineup that are raking. And, uh, and surprisingly, uh, at least, uh, at least to me, uh, after some uh, initial challenges and figuring out which balls to chase down and uh, when to just go straight to the bag, his defense has been really good uh, since he's kind of got it figured out uh, at first base as well. So, I mean, he's contributing. Uh, he's contributing on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I thought it would be at least a couple more years before he would be uh, a plus fielder, but he he's doing it this year. He's making the right plays. He's picking balls out of the dirt. His reads are very good. Uh, just in a play a couple days ago, he got a ball at first. He had to pick out, and then he threw out a runner at third, trying to round second. And you look at him last year. There's no way he makes that play. Yeah, he's having. He really is having an MVP uh, uh, kind of season. Now it's about early. You know, let's let's not get too carried away about. Uh, I don't know where he finishes up uh, when to the All-Star game yet, but uh, boy, it's a good start and it's so entertaining to, uh, uh, to to watch. If they could just get their some of their uh, their pitching back, <clears throat> hopefully. I mean, some of it's not coming back, uh, um, but uh, you know, if they could if they could get some of their pitching uh, back and sorted out. Uh, they could definitely uh, challenge for a wild card and uh, see what happens with the uh, with the division. But um, you know, another example last night of the the bullpen just being overmatched and, and uh, a brilliant start that went for naught. Yeah, their their pen has really been has really been letting them down uh i think they've got right now 10 pitchers or something like that 10 maybe 11 pitchers that have an era over 4.5 and that's just not it's not going to win you ball games uh, plain plain and simple uh, we need we need the guys to get back injured because um, theoretically you know if we had everybody back we'd have a we'd have a really good bullpen but injuries have plagued them this year and it's it's disappointing to see because everyone combined if that whole roster is together uh, they really do look like a playoff threat yeah i think the uh the kind of maybe key to the whole thing uh, is, uh, is julian whether he comes back uh off of his uh, uh i think he's got an oblique injury uh, but if he comes back off of that, it sounds like he's not even close at this point, which is uh, which is too bad. Uh, um, I mean, he is on the 60-day IL. Uh, but if he comes back and pitches the way he pitched at the start, then uh, losing uh, losing Kirby Yates before he even threw a pitch um, uh, will not uh, will not sting uh, uh, as much. And the back end of the bullpen will uh, will look will look pretty good, but. It's just there's just too many guys at the moment trying to 
uh, fill a role that's a level above where they should be at the moment or two. So, yeah, if they can uh, if they can hang in there and stay a few games over 500 till Springer comes on board and a couple of the pitchers come back, then um, it'll be uh, it'll be an entertaining uh, August and September. Yeah, the good thing is is baseball 162 games. It's a long season, so these injuries don't cost you as much as they would in other sports where missing three months means you miss 90% of the season or 70% of the season. At least you've got a chance when it comes to to these uh, to these injuries for the Jays. Like you said, May Merriweather coming back would be huge. He's lights out. He At least he should be. And uh, I'd also add getting AJ Cole back would be huge too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Once they, uh, they get those guys uh, um, back in the lineup, yeah, things uh, should start to look pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Um, once once they get back, they've got some really good bullpen pitching. Uh, right now, the Piamps is, is doing well. Romano has been fantastic and has been good, uh, though he hasn't pitched uh, as much uh, as well. Uh, Anthony Castro has been a, a bit of a a surprise to to me. I didn't uh, really recognize the the name, but uh, he's got 11 appearances and he's got a 150 ERA. Yeah, those are nice numbers. Yeah, if you can keep the ERA under three, you will always have a job in uh, in the majors. Yeah, for sure. Do you think that uh, they'll be a playoff team? this year because uh, like you said it'll come down to treading water until everybody gets back but once they get back they'll be really really good so do you think that uh, they'll, they'll be able to hold on and then and then come back because they are sitting in fourth in the east right now 30 and 28 so it's it is it is possible but tampa bay is starting to build up a lead the jays are seven games back so you know, seven games back, but nine wins back, which is the big, the big thing. Uh, do you think that they have a chance to catch the Rays? I think, I think they'll challenge for 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 a wild card if they can hang in, or if Tampa kind of uh, tails off a little bit, then maybe. But uh, I have a feeling that by the time they get everybody back and uh, they play their way into uh, sort of game condition and uh, and and timing. Uh, it may be too late, um, but you know we'll see. I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't rule it out, but I think they uh, I think they'll probably be a wild card team. I think that's probably a fair assessment. Uh, they don't uh, they don't strike me as good enough to put together the kind of win streak that uh, that they would need to catch. The race, and that's not so much knocking the Jays as it is praising Tampa Bay. They're playing fantastic baseball right now, and the most interesting part about it is they're doing it on the road. They're a decent team at home, but they're 23 and 10 in away games, so they're they don't have a a super home field advantage or anything. They're they're doing it all over. Yeah, as opposed to the uh, Jays, who are thirty and twenty-eight on the road. Uh they'll get a home game eventually. If they can, if they can get back to Toronto, I think that will 
that will make a difference. They've got no chance, I think, of catching uh, uh, Tampa Bay if they don't get back uh, um, to uh, to Toronto before you know, kind of the uh, the start of September or even in, even into September a little bit. It'll just be too late. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. And it's it's funny to think that uh, they played in Buffalo now for uh, for two years. Some some of the Jays guys have never played uh, in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, there uh, and there's a, and there's a decent fan base in uh, uh, in Buffalo, which is uh, which is great. Yeah, that's one thing you can really say about uh, Toronto fans. Almost no matter what the sport is, you can find a decent amount of them at any game. A prime example is uh, the Toronto Raptors playing in Detroit. That's almost a home game for the Raptors. But, uh, yeah, the Jays sucks that they can't play in Toronto, but you gotta make do in times like this. I'm just happy that uh, sports are uh, back and functioning normally at all. Last year was kind of a disaster for baseball uh, in terms of uh, COVID absences, but it doesn't seem like they're dealing with that nearly as much this year yeah it's uh, certainly south of the border things are back almost in normal, uh, and it's great to see uh, games with uh, with fans again and uh, uh baseball fans will behave better than playoff basketball fans but uh, it's it's just great to see them in and uh, hopefully soon uh, uh we'll get uh, people in uh, in arenas and stadiums here too yeah oh fingers crossed that uh that would be nice uh, i'd love to go to uh to see some uh, some games uh, once uh once we're sort of caught up and people are are fully vaccinated and get back to at least something resembling normalcy sometime but uh, what I don't like to see is the blatant and rampant cheating that's going on in baseball right now. And this isn't uh, isn't like the steroid era, and it's not like the Houston Astros cheating. This is on pitchers, and it's uh, completely league-wide. No one seems to be... Uh, it seems to be everywhere. Yeah, it's it's not the same as, uh, as, as steroids. I mean, there are some there are some uh, differences. You know, steroids and uh, long term health issues, and they were starting to affect things in society even beyond um, baseball. You know, kids see their heroes doing it and think that it's okay and start running into. Uh, physical and mental health issues as a result of it uh, and even within uh, MLB uh, there was many pitchers maybe more taking steroids as there were hitters uh, so it was a, a bit more of a ubiquitous issue um, uh, on the other hand you know cheating's cheating uh, let's let's just let's just clean it up uh, you know like this is similar to uh, corked bats, uh, that kind of stuff. You know, it's just, it's unnecessary. Let's make it a level playing field. Uh, there's, uh, uh, there's no, 
there's there's no reason to let people increase their spin rates to the point where we're seeing some of the kind of pitching performances that we're uh, uh, that that we're seeing and it's not helping the game any from a watchability point of view and it, i know it's been going on a long time but it's you know it's it's time let's let's just let's just clean it up everybody throws the ball the same the same ball the same way and um you know, let them battle with the uh, with the hitters. That means there's more. He's getting more base runners and more runs, more higher scoring games. Well, I'm all for that. Yeah, uh, I I think you just have to you have to really start enforcing it. Put out put out the blanket zero zero strike policy for for cheating, uh, and just let the chips fall where they may in terms of uh, the game. I actually think that it'll it'll make it better in terms of uh, watchability very few people uh, myself and maybe only one other person i know really enjoy pitching duels but that's only because we were pitchers when we played <laughs> and fans uh most fans want to see lots of action lots of balls in play and the game will be better for it because 90 plus percent of baseball fans don't want to see a five hit one nothing ball game that's not as fun as you know balls are flying around and there are people getting on base and throwing everywhere and it's the atmosphere completely changes now i know it's it is very exciting when you know things like no hitters are happening there's been six i believe of those this year maybe seven but i think six uh, but those will those will still still happen on on the days. But I think they're happening more this year, and it's making uh, it's making the no hitter less special, in my opinion, which is very sad to say because it's one of the greatest feats in sports. But um, with with people now cheating to get it, I I can't really tell you in the last few years who's gotten a legitimate one and who hasn't because it seems like everywhere uh, everywhere we look there's a new pitcher that's uh, that's cheating Garrett Cole for one Trevor Bauer another Bauer you know, who I almost uh, feel sorry for for cheating because he's been calling out the MLB for the last four years on Twitter constantly saying all right you know everyone's increasing their spin rate by 400 rpm which is not natural the best that anyone is really able to do naturally is increase by about 100 and that's if everything goes well and he he really he really illuminated that a lot of that was going on and no one really paid attention to it then what he did was he basically put out lists of substances theoretical in quotes substances that would help with spin rate nothing was nothing was really done uh, he even tried sort of a kind of an experiment in last year's season he didn't use any type of any type of foreign substance when he pitched last year didn't have a good season and just to prove a point he used he admitted that he used substances in one inning last year where 
he pitched better than any other inning in that entire season and his pitches had four or five hundred more rpm on them and he looked like a completely different pitcher and you just have to wonder how many pitchers would be starters or borderline average uh instead of all-stars or superstars if if this came out uh, because the mlb has said since they've been collecting baseballs that they're they're shocked and worried about just how many balls they collect have foreign substances on them uh, what do you think the mlb needs to do to get this under control i think they just uh, they just need to uh, to start to start finding people who uh, uh, are using foreign substances um, my initial reaction is they need to start um, uh, seeing teams forfeit games but I'm not sure what you do when pitchers on both sides are doing it um, it's uh, uh, you know the best way to get rid of this this kind of uh, uh, cheating is by having it cost the team uh, as opposed to just uh, individuals but um, if so many people are doing it, or most people are, certainly seems to be some indication that there are a lot of people that uh, that are, then maybe it just resets the bar. You know, the guys who are who are really good are still really good. Just maybe ERAs go from um, you know from the the the, the superstars now at 3.3 instead of 2.9 or something like that. You know, I'm not sure what the numbers would uh, would would be, but um, they're the guys who are really good will still be the best pitchers, um, and uh, it just it, it's just it'll just be better for the for the game as opposed to now. In a lot of ways, it's who invents the best new stuff for the grip. Rosin and sunscreen, two substances that are not individually banned, but when combined are a bannable substance but how can you really enforce that seeing as guys gotta wear sunscreen and you give them a rosin bag behind the mound that's just one example that uh, trevor bauer came out with um i think what they need to what they need to do uh is charge the teams you're right charge the players as well and i think they should hand out suspensions even from the first offense. Uh, not only do you find them, but you suspend them also. And uh, maybe you even suspend them without pay or things like that, although that sort of goes hand in hand with the fining, so that can obviously be tweaked, but um, I think it needs to be on the player and the team. Otherwise, you're right, the team will just try to either uh, you know throw that one player under the bus or do a better job of hiding it things like that but if everybody is getting punished for it then i think there's a better chance of a collective effort to uh, stamp it out of the game yeah i like the idea of suspensions i think that makes a lot of sense because uh, the only way to get rid of it is to uh, is to make more than just the individual responsible for it yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm completely, completely with you. And some of the cases this year have been so obvious, but nothing has been done. There have been broadcasts where 
the broadcast team has gotten camera footage of people going to black spots in their glove and rubbing it before pitching and the MLB still hasn't done anything. So we have the, the cameras and the technology to spot that kind of thing. So it seems like it shouldn't be that hard to catch the vast majority of people going forward. But so we'll have to see next year because they've basically given everyone a free pass to cheat this year. Well, that could change. They could, uh, they could backtrack on that. And I'm starting to get feeling, starting to get the feeling that they might. And I, I, I would be encouraged by that if they would actually step up and start enforcing, you know, the the rules this year. You know, give people um, a little bit of notice and just say, okay, guys, you know, we're not doing this anymore. I yeah, I agree. I think that that's probably best case scenario. Um, I don't. I don't see the MLB doing that this year. Um, they're generally fairly slow to to act with rule changes and these sort of things, which is understandable. But I think when it's something like this, that really it's really undermining the integrity of the game. Yeah, when we look back, we'll see a steroid era and an Astros uh, cheating scandal and sub foreign substances on on the ball. It's uh, it's just it's things that are a blight on the game. Couldn't couldn't put it any any better myself. It needs to stop. There's lots of evidence and lots of ways to to catch them and stop them. So all right, MLB, your move. We'll see. We will see. Anything else you want to uh, shout out before the end? No, I'm good. I think. All right. Well, nothing to shout out. That is okay. Thank you for listening to episode 13 of the What It Do Toronto Raptors and now General Sports podcast. <laughs> May have to come up with a separate title for these, but that's another day's problem. Anyway, thank you for joining me. Uh, always a pleasure, and it's always great to talk sports with you. You too, and uh, Father's Day is coming up soon, so uh, everyone, get your dad something nice. Just nothing, uh, nothing Leafs related they've been through enough it's too soon it's that's uh, too soon it's it's always too soon it's a constant state of uh, pain being a leafs fan for 50 odd years well as we end on that sour note at least you know sour for the toronto listeners the vancouver you're probably having a great time with this <laughs> i'm looking at you brendan anyways well i'll see you soon hopefully have you on Another one of these at uh, at some point. I know where you live, so I'll come track you down. I will look forward to it. All right, sounds good. Thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 13. I've been your host, Drew Horton, signing off. Peace!